The city of Angels was in the middle of an almost tropical heat wave, or so it felt to the millions of inhabitants who lived there. For many it was a time to be carefree and lazy, to spend hours soaking up the high temperature on sun-kissed beaches all along the coast. But for the busy doctors and nurses at Mercy Hospital in the centre of Los Angeles, there was no time for leisure. The place itself felt like the interior of an oven, even though the air conditioning was operating on full power throughout the building. The staff continuously wiped perspiration from their brows and endured the uncomfortable feeling of uniforms practically sticking to their skins while they carried out normal, hectic, everyday duties. In one of the intensive care units, lying in between the sheets of a hospital bed, was a severely ill young man. He'd slipped into a coma after attempting suicide by overdosing on a mixture of alcohol and barbiturates. Beside him, seated on a stool, was a young blonde woman, dressed in the uniform of an air hostess. One hour ago, she'd arrived at LAX airport after flying from Paris. During this particular journey, her thoughts had been primarily about her ex-husband, Andrew. His parents had discovered which airline she was working for and had telephoned her in Europe to explain the terrible news. Now she was here in the hospital staring down at the man who had once been a special part of her life. Her crystal blue eyes were glazed as she gripped one limp hand tightly while stroking his jet black curls with her free hand. At first she'd felt it was her duty to see him but now things were completely different especially since the doctor had explained the whole situation. Now she had a painful decision to make. Jennifer Steadwell shivered a little and closed her eyes, a tear beginning to trace its way down her cheek. She couldn't help but hear the ECG monitor and be aware of the barely audible tiny blips that were so far apart. I left because I just couldn't handle our daughter's death, she said sadly. I know I blamed you, but I was wrong, Andrew. So terribly wrong. She leaned closer and laid her head on his chest. Darling, I love you, she whispered. Then the tears began to flow uncontrollably. At that moment, the door to the intensive care room opened. Andrew's mother and father walked in, followed by the doctor. Jennifer looked up and caught the deeply anxious looks both parents were giving. Have you made your decision, she asked, false faltering. Mrs Lomax, a silver-haired lady in her late sixties, came over and rested her hand on the woman's shoulder. Our son has been like this for so long now. She glanced at her husband, who was about the same age as she was, and then at the doctor. Dr Williams says there isn't likely to be any sign of recovery, she said, her voice sounding weak and strained. The young woman could tell they'd come to a conclusion and without a word she hugged the old woman tightly. Al Calavici appeared in the room and immediately sensed an atmosphere full of pain and remorse. He scrutinised each person in turn, then noticed the one in the white uniform walking towards the life support machine, a sombre look on his face. Oh no, the observer exclaimed, but of course no one could hear him. Panicking, his fingers flew over the keypad in a desperate attempt to contact Ziggy. In his hurry, he pressed the wrong combination and received a set of question marks on the calculator-sized screen. Oh, for Christ's sake! Angrily thumped the handling, could try it again. Ziggy, what's the chance they're going to switch off the machine? In response, the handling gave a long wail and several squeals. The observer read the data on the screen and his eyes widened in shock. You predict an 82.6% possibility? He thought quickly and added... 
What happened to Andrew Lomax in the original history? He punched three of the coloured keys and waited for a reply. The screen flashed up more information and Al's heart sank even further. Oh my God. He died when they switched off the life support. He avoided reading the rest. The Admiral had never been so completely helpless as he felt at that moment. How the hell can I stop them? I'm a hologram. They can't see or hear me. Al resigned to the fact that this was one time he could do nothing to save Sam. Knew it was all up to the powers that be now. Sam, you can't die. Please, God, don't let him die, he begged. Mr Lomax nodded to the doctor, though the pain he felt was tearing him up inside. You can go ahead, he whispered. No! Al yelled with all his might. Dr Williams raised one hand and rested an index finger on the main switch. I'm really very sorry, he said, a grave look on his face. No! 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 Al shouted again. He ran over in a desperate, impossible attempt to pull the man away from the machine. All he succeeded in doing was flailing his arms in the air because each time he grabbed the guy, his projected image went straight through him. Jennifer's eyes were fixed on the doctor's hand. She could tell he was hesitating as his finger tapped gently against the switch, the lifeline that was keeping the man she loved dearly alive. A flick of the wrist and he would be gone from her forever. Maybe if she believed hard enough, there might still be a chance. She stood up abruptly. No, wait, she cried. Leave it alone. On hearing the woman's words, Al spun around and in doing so tripped and almost fell through the machine. After he'd steadied himself, he walked over to her. Thank God, he breathed. And thank you too. Now the element of panic was over, he took a really good look at her feminine features and liked what he saw. Andrew's a lucky guy. He knew what he'd said didn't completely ring true, as the poor guy was in a coma, but now there was a good chance he wouldn't be for long. Al checked the hand link. Correction, there was a 62% possibility of recovery. Are you sure that's what you want? the doctor asked. Damn sure, Al replied firmly. Jennifer looked over toward Mr and Mrs Lomax, who both nodded in unison. She breathed a sigh of relief, then faced Dr Williams. We need more time to make a decision like this, she told him quietly. Yeah, well you won't have to, Al assured himself, then added, Gushy, send to me on Sam. I can't, came the head programmer's weak reply. The Admiral became alarmed once more. What do you mean you can't? Ziggy has absolutely no idea how to return you to the spirit world, Gushy replied, tension audible in his voice. Overgrown pocket calculator, Al muttered angrily. It was at that point he realised he was asking the wrong ally for assistance. Clasping his hands together, he lowered his head and prayed. Dear Lord, please send me back to Sam. Amen. He waited for a response, but nothing happened. So he tried again, only with a different method. Help! he yelled.